Hey there, fellow streakers. We have got an exciting show for you today. Have you ever had a problem initiating a task, really getting started on it? We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the activity matrix and what that is. So let's get streaking. All right. Hey, Jamie. I want to sometimes, you need to start one day being like, well, today we've got an average show for you. Because every time it's like, today we've got a great show for you. Yeah, one that. day you're like, you know what, today's show. Today you may not want to listen to it. may not want to listen, but here because we go. <laughs> I should, shouldn't I? Just be like, this is going to be less than average. Just, I mean, we're going to just be just topping being, the charts of mediocre. We're climbing our way to the middle. To the middle. Let's get our way up to the, remember those commercials on middle management? Yep, I do. The kids that were like, I want to I want to work my way to middle management when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> He'd said no. Okay, one but being ever. an advertising major, do you remember what the commercial was for? I have no nope. idea what I the know. commercial was about. That's a tough one getting a good commercial that people remember both the commercial and what they were advertising. That was what our advertising we took that advertising class mm -hmm. together and he always said, "Look, you can have the most creative ad in the world and if you don't remember what, what it was there? about, it served it's no a purpose waste of whatsoever." Money. Yep. A lot of Super Bowl commercials that way. Okay, my favorite Super Bowl commercial this year was the QR code one. The QR code that was, was for, like a little pong yep, on I the that I was, mean, so it appealed to everyone that knew pong. And it yep. appealed to everyone else that knew a 2D code or the QR code. The QR code, yep. I loved that one. <laughs> what was it? Bitcoin, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was, it yep. was Coinbase. Coinbase. Coinbase that does Sorry. Bitcoin was one of them. But yeah, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. And yep. I immediately pulled my phone. I scanned the code and I downloaded the app. So that worked. Yes. Maybe we should do that for the streaking app. Yeah, just a Get a Super Bowl QR commercial code. with a QR code. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Yep, let's do that. <laughs> Super Bowl commercial. Here we come. Here we come. <laughs> break, all right. Break down our servers. Here we go. Streaking app. By the way, the streaking app for all of our streakers out there is just getting better and better with the uh, social media aspect now and uh, many, many more people uh, coming online all the time. Feel free to make your streaks public. Jamie and I talked a little bit about that on our last podcast. We invited the app to the podcast as our guest, as the interview. Download the app and start following along in the community. You'll see a whole bunch of different posts. Um, I'll be posting on how to streak and what some of the streaking tips are and things that we've learned along the way. You'll see Jamie's posts as she responds to questions and uh, opportunities for questions that you might have that she'll respond to as well. And we have other streakers out there, master streakers, that uh, will respond to your, uh, to your questions or as you watch along, what some of the things are that you're thinking about uh, trying on a streak. But give it a shot. We've also got some great stuff. I mean, this app is, like I said, just going to continue to get better and better. So we invite you to download it and uh, encourage your friends to download it. Um, it is a free app. You can choose, if you'd like, to... Uh, donate, if you will, or subscribe with a, with a price tag on it. You can subscribe to it for a buck ninety nine, two ninety nine, three ninety nine, or four ninety nine. Most people do two ninety nine and that helps the streaking cause continue forward. Uh, so however, you don't have to, you could use it completely for free and just see if it uh, works for you. So that's the streaking app. Well, on for the topic of the day. One of the things that uh, we had talked about, Jamie, just off off podcast, we were talking a little bit about, uh, task initiation. So let's talk about that first and then we'll talk about the activity matrix. If you've ever had a problem starting a task, have you ever had a problem starting a task? 
No, no. I always just immediately start them. Can you tell I'm a little snarky today? I'm you just kidding. Are. I know. You have I'm a little sorry. snark in you today. A little snark in me going. <laughs> yes, I've often had. Yes, I've often had challenges getting getting started on things, and sometimes for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think all of us probably struggle to start something that we're not excited to do. Most people probably have struggles getting task initiation when it's something that you're. Not really well, excited definitely to when be you're doing. not excited to be doing exactly. it, right? However, what about the things that you are excited to be doing and you still have a hard time, you know, getting started on them? That's sometimes for a multitude of reasons. Either for me, it's either that there's a lot of things on my list for that day, and so it's it's prioritizing sometimes uh-huh. is a challenge, picking out which things are gonna are are the most important. Or um sometimes it's just Finding the time, there's a lot of, like sometimes it's interesting how much time you can spend on something that takes a lot of time, but wasn't necessarily something that you wanted to spend a ton of time on that day. So that can happen too, and that can really deflate your task initiation for other stuff that... How do you teach our kids to have task initiation? Because that's one of the things, it's one of the executive, we printed out a little article here on task initiation and it's one of the higher functions, it's a, what is it called? Not a higher function, but an executive function Mm -hmm. as far as task initiation is concerned. It has in here, um, in this particular article, it talks about the executive functioning skills being task initiation, time management, problem solving, planning, flexibility, organization, uh, attentional control, that's an interesting one. Emotional control, uh, working memory, and self-monitoring—all part of all part of the executive functioning skills that each one of us has to learn. And you know, it, it talks about it in regards to children. But I'll tell you what—I know a lot of adults that have a very difficult time getting started with any particular task. I know. I read this when I read this article the first time. I was like, hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of these that I struggle with. I think attentional control is the ability to keep your attention where it needs to be when you need it to be there. So, cause one of the things that they so did So not mention, being distracted. Yeah. Cause one of the things they did mention is that task initiation can be more difficult for people who have attention disorders. So if you, if you've been um, diagnosed with ADHD or ADD or some kind of an attention disorder, task initiation can often be one of the challenges that you face because the level of distraction is difficult to manage. And so I think that's what that attentional control Okay. Is, so you is you said task initiation, but you were mentioning you were saying attentional control. So you could you might be able to start something, but not stick with it. Right. Or sometimes you just <clears throat> it, you excuse me. Sometimes there's so many things like I had talked about before. There's so many things coming at you. You're like right. I don't even know where to start, and so you kind of shut down. Which was interesting. So I was listening to a podcast with uh, Megan Sumrell, who we're going to have on our podcast here, and uh, I think it's in April. And Megan does um, weekly planning, and she is a phenomenal coach in that particular area. And she was interviewing a psychologist, a um, what a clinical psychologist, who worked with uh, families and with families with big emotion children. That's what she called it, big emotion children. Everything is dramatic. Everything okay. is really big. Mm-hmm. Do you have a? Do we have a big emotion child? We have a couple big emotion childs. <laughs> and I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Because all of our children are now wondering, which of us is big emotion? No, I was saying I'm not talking about you, Jeff. Oh, you weren't talking about me. Ouch. You are. You do have big emotions, though. I do. You are a big emotion person that you do feel those things bigly, I I think. Absolutely. No, I am. I would agree to that 100%. Absolutely. And as she's talking about big emotion children, 
one of the <clears throat> one of the difficulties that they have is task initiation um, because well and and not just them but a lot of people but one of the things because everything is big yes and if you are presented with too many options up front then it's very difficult to choose between them because for example we have children that stay home from school sick for some right. reason or another how do you usually deal with that child <laughs> this is fun I when love they're it. home when yeah they're when they're home sick what's the Jamie Downs you're homesick and and okay, and it was like and it was like they're <laughs> I'm a little okay, sick. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> if they're legitimately sick, where I'm like, okay, you are sick, usually, yeah, you can sit on the couch and watch a couple shows, but when you're legitimately sick, oftentimes you do wanna sleep a lot right. and rest, and so right. I don't have to say anything. When they're kinda sick, or quote sick, um, usually I'm like, Okay, that's fine if you're staying home, but if you're homesick you can sleep, you can read. That's it. You can sleep or read. And I'll and I'll you, omit. You allow no shows. <laughs> Depending on how why I'm feeling that they're staying home. Because if you're just staying home to get a I love it. You're getting the, right now, everyone, you're getting the little bit watered down version because this is what usually happens. I, I'm sorry, I gotta just tell on you here. This is what this is what it is. Jamie looks at him and says, Okay. Let me tell you what sick people do when they're home. (laughs) Sick people sleep or they maybe read, but you are not going to spend a whole bunch of time on your device playing games and just doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. So let's just be real clear about that, that that's not what you're going to be doing. So are you still sick? If if staying home means you have to sleep or read, do you still want to stay home? <laughs> it's a good in, it's a good indicator. It's a good indicator. And sometimes there's the older kids. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you need an emotional support day. I get that. And it's so, it's a mental yeah, health a day. Mental health you absolutely day. need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but the little kids oftentimes are like, fine, I'll go to school. Now that was all pre-COVID. <laughs> post, all- I mean, <clears throat> post-COVID. Yeah. If if you sniffle or you cough, sniffle. it's like oh, he might as well just how many stay warnings, home because they're going to send How many warnings do we get every single day that say something like, "If you feel sick at all, please stay home. Yes. Don't come to school." But then they don't come to school, and you get sixteen text messages, and another seventy-three voice messages, and another eighty-three emails that say your child missed first, second, third, fourth periods. So I am impressed with the school's ability to communicate clearly with me. They do a good job. So when good you job. were looking at this... Um, so the, the reason I brought all that up, yes, back please. to Megan uh, Sumrell and Big Emotion, is they were talking about when you give a child too many tasks or too many things to do, it's like they go into feedback loop and I can't move at all. There's nothing that I can choose because I don't know which one to choose. Whereas... Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, let's work on, and this is the example that she brought up, let's work on a craft together. And they sit down and work on a craft. Within two minutes, the child is involved in the craft. And then you as the mom or the dad can go about the other tasks that you had to do. But it was that initial kind of prime the pump that they needed to to get started and move forward. Yeah, I can see that being helpful in a lot of areas where you're like, okay, if we just work on this together for a little bit and get started... Then, then that ball is rolling and they'll, they'll take it forward after that. But they just need that help getting it started. Right. So that brings us to streaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, a streak is the ultimate task initiation. I look at, for example, any one of the streaks that I have in any particular folder that I have in my personal, professional, physical, spiritual life. And many times it's really just the nugget I need, the little simple push I need to be able to get into the task. For example, reading books, 
right? Reading books, not something, there are people that love to read books right away. For me, I need a little bit of a task initiation on that, which happens to be my streak of read at least one paragraph from a nonfiction book daily. Now, it's so simple to do that there's no reason for me not to do it because that's the other thing with task initiation. You start to look at it and say, well, I'm going to block two hours of time or, or I'm going to block 30 minutes for this particular area and we'll <clears throat> get into the activity matrix in just a second. But what that does is when I block that time and let's say something else comes up or some, I, basically it's, it's almost like it's too hard to start the task. Right. I remember when we were writing the streaking book and there were times where I had blocked two hours to write and I wouldn't write. But then like another day would go and I would, but I still have my streak of write at least one sentence. Another day would go and I'd say in this two hour time period, I'm going to write at least one sentence. And usually I'd write the entire time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really, that's, so I loved what you said where the streak helps with that task initiation. And to me, it's great because so often people get a little bit rubbed the wrong way about the laughably simple, that, that, that feeling that it's not going to make a difference or why am I, or, or maybe I'm not letting myself down, but I'm letting myself off the hook. Maybe that's it. Is that feeling of like, yeah, I'm just letting myself off the hook by making it so laughably simple that I'm not even pushing myself. Yeah. And, and I think what you're saying about task initiation is a great way to look at it and say, you're not letting yourself off the hook. You're just getting yourself started and the opportunity to be successful right away. And so to me, it's two things. It's, it's not letting yourself off the hook. It's getting yourself started with that task initiation. And then it's being realistic about life. It's recognizing that my focus here is on being consistent in this thing. And I need to be realistic that I'm not going to be at this massively high level all the time. Mm -hmm. And then it's giving yourself the opportunity to be like, okay, I initiated that task and being able to a lot of times move forward with it, to continue to move forward with that thing. But if it's a situation where you're not feeling it sometimes or you really don't have the time to complete it, right. you still are successful. And the thing that's interesting, and I think this is something that it's one of those things that you really have to do it for a while to see how it happens, is that you can... By keeping it laughably simple, if you do the laughably simple for long enough, you do start to see progress. And that progress breeds motivation. And then all of a sudden, you start to want to do it a little bit more. So, And it's, it's counterintuitive because I think people think that by doing it laughably small, you aren't going to keep doing it. Right. But, but when it's a streak and you start it off laughably small and, you, and you're... And, and if you're just like, I'm just going to do the laughably small, well, and, and I like but the you way th keep doing it. Right. If you literally <clears throat> are able to stay consistent and consecutive over time, it it creates motivation. I like the way that you say more. it because you you've often said it. I did it yesterday. I'm doing it today, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that is the motivational matrix, if you will, of or or the or the motivational momentum. That's what I was looking for. Yes. The motivational momentum that you look for that it just keeps you going. It keeps you going. And the thing I was thinking, this is kind of a side note, but we were talking earlier about kind of attention um, orders or or emotional control issues, or a lot of times consistency is something that can greatly benefit those of us that are challenged with those things. Yeah. 
And so if you have a streak that is consistently doing something, these you start to know, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm gonna, you count on it. You, right. and, and that consistency becomes like a stabilizing force in your life. And, and you, you're able to do more because you know, oh, that's, there's that thing that you can count on. Oh, we're going to be doing this every day. And I also think sometimes for certain personalities, it's also nice that there's an exit to it. It's yeah. not just this big ambiguous that I have to do a whole bunch of it every day until some ambiguous thing says it's okay for me to stop. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But no, I do. that can I do. help with the task initiation too, is that it's not so big. Right. You're not quite so committed. And so it's easier to start when you're like, okay, I don't have to be quite so committed. And then once you've started and you're successful, going on is okay because you've already accomplished what you said and everything is just added to it. So you end up doing more than than you think you're going to so much of the time. I was talking with Talon just the other day and we were going through and trying to capture what was the problem that streaking solves. Mm-hmm. When you look at it and say, what problem is streaking solving in my life? One of the tools that we used and we put up was a, a graph that basically had success on one side and time on the bottom. So success over time, basically. Right. And one of the things that you just mentioned and that we came to is with a streak, you draw a line across the bottom of, and what, one of the examples we had is write at least one sentence daily. So if you have write at least one sentence, every, and let's, let's call it for a book every day, and you draw a line on this graph, that becomes your floor. And you've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. before. That becomes your floor. Now you stand on that floor and how productive or how many sentences do you get to on a regular basis? Because you're always going to hit that floor and it's going to be every single day. What then happens is because you have that task initiator is through time, you actually get more productivity than you do if you don't have a floor. In other words, I remember a lot of times you would, long before you had your journal writing streak, you would say, okay, I'm going to spend two hours and catch up on my journal. Mm -hmm. And you would spend two hours and catch up and then wouldn't write again for, I don't know, how many ever weeks or days. Months. Similar for me. I'd read a book and I'd get that book done in a, a week or so, but then I wouldn't read another book for a long time. But since starting the streak or having the floor that is the laughably simple and having that task initiation be the streak, I've gotten so much more out of reading and have read so much more than I ever would have. And I think I could say that similarly of all the different streaks that I have. And I've thought a lot about this, the motivation, because he uh, there's a graph out there that you guys have that's the motivation graph and yep. talks about going someplace. And you had talked about it earlier, like going to a Zig Ziglar um, conference or where someplace where he had spoken a motivational speaker and you come out with such a high level of motivation. Yes. But then over you're time, you're like so psyched. You come out of it and you're like, yes, I'm going to win the day. This is, this is going to happen. And then three days later, what was he talking about? Exactly. That motivation just so, so you high at the beginning and then it tapers off as time goes on. And the opposite happens with streaking. The motivation oftentimes is low sometimes at the beginning as you're doing the laughably simple but as over time, it actually goes up more. And, and I thought so much about that. And, and I think a huge part of it is, so taking what you're talking about with my journal writing, yeah, 
I so often felt behind everything. So every initiation of journal writing was a catch up. I yeah. need to catch up. I need to. And even though I was writing that day, there was always this feeling of, well, there's still so much that I missed or, well, I did that. You know, I could bask in the glory of him having written for an hour or something. Right. But then knowing that tomorrow I probably wasn't going to do it at that same level. And knowing, like, how long is it going to be before I have another chunk of time, chunk of time, chunk of time, to make that happen again at that level. And so you're always in this place of, I've got to catch up, but I don't have enough time. I've got to catch up, but I don't have enough time. And that really clobbers oh, man. your ability and desire to initiate that task and even when you've completed that task to feel really good about it because you know you did it this time, but you just don't know for sure when right. when you're going to be able to do that again. Right, exactly. And so I think that's why that motivation matrix, <coughs> is it a motivation matrix? The motivation, motivation matrix that we've been talking about, yeah. That's why with streaking, it can start off slow, but can gain momentum is because you're not having to fight that. You're not always playing catch up. And you don't have to look at tomorrow and think, I've got to find an hour to feel good about this again. Okay, you, you want to know, know my metaphor for this? Yes. <laughs> my metaphor for this is, because um, I, I think about our house in Georgia, when we had the fire pit out back, mm-hmm. and in Georgia, it was always wet. All the wood was always wet, no matter what. So you'd put the wood in the fire pit, and what we would do is put lighter fluid all over it. And if you, you know, go ahead, put all the wood in there, wet wood, lighter fluid all over it, start a match, it will burn and it will burn bright and it will burn brilliant and it will burn out fast. Yeah. That is oftentimes what I look at as far as a non-streak. It's I can burn bright and brilliant for a few moments, maybe for a couple of days, but then because the wood is wet, there's nothing internally that's burning. Whereas with a streak, what you're doing is actually getting going and you know letting the wood dry out and then as it starts to burn within you that's when you have coals and embers that if you throw other logs on that fire it continues to burn and it gets brighter and brighter so the motivation to keep that streak alive goes up through time rather than down or a flash in the pan and burn out and i think how's that for my i love that i love the metaphor and as you were thinking i love that you said the the fire within the intrinsic that, that is the difference. Is how, And I think every motivational speaker in the world, that's their desire, is to get that motivation to become intrinsic. Yes. And that's why I think streaking is so great because you can apply it. You can go to that motivational speaker. You can go to that convention. You can go to that you know seminar, whatever it is. And the process that they teach you you can get excited and, and motivated, and then you can come home and think, okay, realistically, what street can I set around this? Yeah. So what street can I set around any of those things? And, and you can use the streaking to keep that motivation burning, to turn that externally motivated force into a slow-burning internal fire that eventually over time... It becomes something that's very sustained. Exactly, because it's hard to put out as well. I mean, a slow fire from within is very difficult to put out, whereas external fire from without, again, it flashes up. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are attracted to those is because they flash up very beautifully and bright. And it's warm for a few seconds there, but it burns out very quickly. And I think sometimes we're attracted to the things too because a lot of times the things that 
that we're learning in these that we're highly motivated about is because it is something important that we agree with that we're like, yes, I want that in my life. Yeah. Yes, I want to plan better. Yes, I want to make money. Yes, I want to, you know what I mean? Whatever it is that you've gone to. But but then turning that big, huge flame into something doable and actually a part of your life is is a lot harder thing to do. Yeah. And you want to hear where... you want to hear a flame that burned bright? This is from uh, one of our streakers, Danny. And he wrote it over to me and he says, uh, he says, oh, what did he say about this? He said, consistency is key. That was just his subject line. Okay. And this is what he found. John McPhee. Okay. So who is John McPhee? Earlier this week, the writer John McPhee, writer, the writer John McPhee, John McPhee of, uh, I think of the New Yorker, turned 91 years old. One of the nice things about McPhee's birthday, in addition to it providing an occasion to celebrate his incomparable output is that it usually leads to one of my favorite writerly quotes spreading around the internet. By any reasonable standard, McPhee is productive. He published, ready for it, 29 books, one which won a Pulitzer Prize, and two of which were nominated for National Book Awards. He's also been penning distinctive articles for The New Yorker since 1965. Oh, wow. Now listen to this. And yet... He rarely writes more than 500 words a day. Wow. So he has, he understands. This is his quote. When asked about this paradox, McPhee famously quipped, people say to me, oh, you're so prolific. It doesn't feel, and then he says, it doesn't feel like it, nothing like it. But you know, you put an ounce in a bucket each day, you get a quart. Nice. This is a perfect summary of of slow productivity, being frenetic, uh, frenetically, I think that's right, frenetically busy in the present moment has very little to do, and that's kind of like the big fire, frenetically busy in the present moment has very little to do whether or not in the future you'll look back at your career with pride about what you've accomplished. Yes. Frenetically, as I think of that, I think of a puppy going around and peeing on every tree. That's, you know what I mean? You're not really getting a lot done, but you're sure moving around a lot and you're peeing on a lot of trees. Wow. But, that is quite the, vi- I think that's a better that's, metaphor that, yeah, no. Frenetic I'm is this kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, but everyone's around you going like, whoa, I don't even know what you're doing. Interesting that he, as a professional writer, so something that's probably laughably simple to him is 500 words. 500 words is typically about a page, page and a half. Okay. I mean, that's just if you're gauging it, 500 words about that long. And as a professional writer... That's not very many. That's not much to write if that's your profession. If that's your profession. That's a good point. And yet he rarely, but he did it every day. Every day. See, he had the streak... To write at least, I don't know, 500 pages or to write at least every 500 day. 500 words, yeah, yeah. write every day. Yeah. Because he, he rarely wrote more than 500 words. And I was listening to something from Brandon Sanderson the other day as well that he talks about task initiation and really he has as a laughably simple thing that I just need to start writing. And then he has, because he's a prolific writer, I mm-hmm. mean, his novels are massive, um, but again, it's that just that the streak, it's started. the consistency, it's the consecutive. And I want to be, I want to be real clear about that. Consecutive is much more powerful than consistent. I just cocked my head. What do I you know. Mean? I saw it. I saw the cock of the head because I think that, and I know I'm, I may be straining at gnats here or, you know, peeling apart the straw, but this is what I see. A lot of people talk about consistency. 
I can be consistent in my behavior or let's say how I hold a meeting for, let's just go professional for just a second. I can be consistent about how I hold a meeting, but if the meeting isn't consecutive, in other words, it's not held every single week where we're reporting on accountability or not like we were talking to Chris McChesney about the four disciplines of execution. Mm -hmm. If the meeting isn't consecutive, you lose the power. So the meeting itself can be consistent in the way that it's held, but if it's not consecutively held every week, then it loses all its power. And I think that's where the power of streaking comes in because I could be consecutive, but not consistent in the sense of the number of sentences I write. I can be, I can write at least one, but on one day I can write one, on another day I can write 12, on another day I can write uh, two, on another day I can write 15, if I've been consecutive in those, that is going to be much greater and much more powerful, not the consistency of do, you know, doing 500 words daily. It's, it's the streak that keeps it alive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause as what do you, you think? I'm, I'm watching you and I'm thinking, okay, what's she thinking? Well, as I'm thinking, you're talking about a meeting and, and I think, well, what about those people that are saying, why do we have to have another meeting? If, if we don't have something valuable to talk about, then let's just get rid of that meeting. So I was thinking about that and I thought, okay, but then we have to delineate the value of every meeting. Do you know Everything, what I mean? Everything, yeah. And that can be challenging. I think yeah. back to the example that I read about the photography class where the two, two, the class was divided in half and one was given the assignment of, you know, provide one quality picture and the other half of the class was given the assignment to provide a picture every day. Yeah. And that the class, the, the half that was assigned to provide a picture every day had better quality in the end yeah. than, the, than the half of the class that That's was focused on quality. And so I thought about it as like, okay, if you hold a meeting and you're consistent to that meeting, but then if you're not consecutive, so in other words, you, you, you allow it to be like, well, we've got a lot of things going on and maybe we can skip that this time. And, and then next time, maybe you skip it. Okay, but now we need to have it. Now you start to have to analyze and decide how important is it? Do we have something we have to talk about? Whereas if you just have a set time and you have that meeting every time, you don't necessarily have to have a certain level of quality every time that you have that, but you will have that consecutiveness will create quality because of the consecutiveness of it. Right. I'm right there with you. Are you you're you're scratching your eyes. Do you, do yeah, you because so good? so let's just say that the meeting has value in and of itself. Right. Let's just, let's just say that there's because for example, when you are having a weekly meeting, I remember one leader I was working with, and he would have the weekly meeting, and they weren't always the best meetings. But I'll tell you what, I knew that I had certain things that I needed to have done by that meeting, and the quality of those got better through time. But that was not the focus. The focus was the consecutiveness of, of the, meeting. the meeting. Every Monday morning. We had this meeting, and in every Monday meeting, we would go through six or three or four different things that we needed to make sure and cover off on. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was coming every week, and that if I had made a commitment or something to that matter, I knew that the meeting was happening. If it was a variable meeting, though, in other words, so the consistency of the meeting the was always the same. Was there. But if the consecutiveness of it was not, then I knew oh, I could slack off this week. Exactly. It's not going to be there. Exactly. And that's what I think we do with ourselves. Exactly. If I'm not saying every day I'm going to do this thing, the consecutiveness of it, that's why the streak works, then I really lose the power of what that can be. 
Yep. Do you want to talk about the um, activity matrix? I think it applies right here. That's what I was just going to say too, is that same, it's that, that's, we're going down the same vein. Going down that same vein. So the activity matrix, interestingly enough, I wrote a little article on this uh, on our, on our uh, website. It's under our blogs at streakingmastery.com. And I had just completed, oh, I don't know, I was listening to or completed a course on what's called the time matrix. Now, the time matrix was made popular by um, Franklin Quest planners. And if, it, if any of you know what a Franklin Quest planner is, you've used it before. Are they the ones that originated the time matrix? Yeah. Okay. And then when uh, Franklin Quest and Covey Leadership Center merged together, and they became it became Franklin Covey. Okay. That's the time matrix continued on in that way. So what is the time matrix? The time matrix is a matrix that basically on the vertical axis you've got high to, or, or low to high. Okay? okay, so low to high. And is a matrix always four quadrants? Four quadrants for so, the most part, yeah. Okay, it's so, always so you've got yep. four. It, it's areas. not always four because it could be it could be a larger matrix okay. as far as that's concerned. But generally, it's a two by two quadrant. Okay. Or, you know, it's the four boxes that are in there. I guess quadrant would always be four. Yeah. The matrix, matrix can be bigger. Can be but in this instance, in this it's instance, a quadrant. It's called the time matrix. Yeah. Okay. So on the one side, you've got um, <clears throat> low to high import and, and its importance. Okay. okay. So on the vertical on the vertical axis, across the bottom, you have urgency. From low okay. urgency, or, or from, sorry, I'm 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 trying to get this right because up in the up in the box is high urgency, and high. Um, so it'd be urgency to no urgency. Yeah, and I importance. Yeah, to no importance. Exactly. So you can we have. We probably so, put it on as far as people are probably going. Box. Jeff, you are absolutely killing the time matrix. People, I mean, this is this is like a huge thing in a lot of uh, different. Uh, time courses and managing and planning your time. Talk about executive function, time planning. This is you, it's, it's huge. It's, because, and the reason I think that would be was because that, so the top quadrant, the top left corner would be it's urgent and it's important. Uh-huh. It's highly urgent and highly, and highly important. important. So yep. that's a, that's and they, a and place. they call that quadrant one. Okay. Quadrant so quadrant one. one is highly urgent, highly important. And then is quadrant two, Highly important. It's it's across, so it's, it's not down. It's across. Okay. So quadrant two is highly important, but not but urgent. not urgent. Right. Okay. So then quadrant three is you urgent, look at urgent, but, but not, not important. important. Right. And then in the bottom is right corner not urgent, is not, not urgent, not important. Okay. So if you put examples in each one of the boxes, okay. So example in quadrant one, okay, and just just go to you have a, a child at school. They call it sick. The, your child is sick. It's they need to come home right it's now. Urgent. It's important and urgent. It takes precedence. You've got to go right now. It does okay. not matter anything else that you're doing. You've got to go take care of that problem. Okay. Does that make sense? So when someone says it's a Q1 problem, you're like, this is something that needs important, to be taken care of urgent. now and it's important. Right. Okay. If you go to Q2, it's okay. So it's important, but not urgent. So for example, you're working on a research paper. Mm-hmm. And it's important, but it's not due for another six weeks. So you're like, it's important, so it's but important, it's not urgent yet. But it's yet. not urgent yet. Okay. It's not in there. Those are the dangerous ones. <laughs> so then quadrant three, where you have where it's not uh, important, but urgent, mm-hmm. that would be something <clears throat> like, for example, um, we're, do- we're at dinner and we don't have any dishes. <laughs> okay. All right. 
And is this something with... It's not... It's not important, but it's urgent. Is this sometimes stuff that maybe other people may place on you? It could be. I mean, that's sometimes it could be in that area. Where it's urgent to them. But generally, it's it's the things that are... That for whatever reason, I got to pay a bill. It's it's mm-hmm. not highly important to my life as far as that's concerned. I mean, it could get there if I'm not paying mm-hmm. my bills, but it's it's urgent, but, it's time but not as important. Okay. And then in the bottom corner, I always like to look at that as basically binge watching yeah, your favorite. I was going to say the bottom corner is Netflix. <laughs> that's that's what you could put in there. Yeah. Netflix, Amazon Prime, those any of those things that we like doing, like but doing. sadly right. they're not urgent or necessarily important. Right. Okay. So after that long and lengthy, hopefully we didn't bore you with that long, lengthy explanation. And uh, it gave everyone an opportunity to just kind of get grounded in the time matrix. Well, as I was thinking about it, I started to think about how our lives are today. So where work was something that we did, we went to a place of work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before COVID. Before COVID. we all went somewhere. We went somewhere. We went to a place of work before COVID. When we did that, the time that we spent, we needed to block time because, Mm -hmm. and actually time came from really the industrial age. If you think before the industrial age, we really didn't have time. In the agrarian society, you basically got up when the sun was up and went to bed when the sun went down. Right. And this this whole concept of blocking your time and everything really came about when the incandescent light bulb came about because that extended work hours. So now you have time to do more with than you had before exactly so as you so but as you think about it covid hits and now everyone is in a mobile office and that mobile office can be in your home it can be in your car it can be in your rv wherever it is it doesn't matter you're in a mobile office and not only that but it also makes it so that now i've got a global landscape mm-hmm. because i can reach people and i've been on the phone, i've been in meetings with people in the uk and singapore and china in japan uh, i've been in meetings with people all over the world australia just the other day so australia i, I remember this just happened the other day australia it was late night for us early morning for them the next day okay so you've got this this now, is time really something that is binding us? In other words, we all have the same work hours. And the answer is no. And so as I started to think about the time matrix, I thought, you know, it's really not about time at all anymore. It's really about activity. It's the activity that we're doing on a regular, consistent, consecutive basis that is critical. And what I, what I, what I talked about in this article is saying that Really what happens is Q1, so the urgent and important things, sometimes swell to take a lot of the time in your day. But the Q2 things, and this is what I love about streaking, I always do the Q2 things, but that, because the Q1 has swelled to take a lot of the time of the day, then the laughably small things that I do for my streak is often, or not often, but can't then shrinks down. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's other times where that Q2 activity really explodes. In other words, it grows and it occupies a lot of time and there's not as much time spent on Q1. Same thing with Q4. I get into that Netflix special or into that uh, you know Amazon Prime binge watch and I start going and that swells to take a lot of time but I'm always doing the streaks. And this is what kind of hit me is today, now, what we have today 
is not a time matrix. It's an activity matrix. And, and I'm, with streaking, always doing every single day, constantly, consecutively, Q2 activities. I loved what you said, so I'm just going to quote from your article here. You said, the time matrix is divided into four equal quadrants, and that is correct when measuring time because we all have 24 hours in a day, no more, no less. However, time is not what I am measuring. I am measuring activity, which makes those quadrants dynamic. They swell and shrink day to day, which is why I streak. Did I write that? Yeah, and I loved when I was reading this because, because what I hear you saying is that whether so covid it didn't change the number of hours that we have in a day no we still have 24 hours in the day just like we did before covid we have the same amount and during covid what changed is the way that we were spending that time and i love recognizing that these quadrants are dynamic i think sometimes ignoring that and trying to force it to be like no i've got to be doing this thing because that's what i've is not acknowledging that Things have changed, and and there is definitely a, a dynamic, por- um, dynamic reality to this that life ebbs and flows, and and so by having that be activities, you're acknowledging that there is a that this is dynamic, and that's okay. So there may be days that work totally takes over, and because you have your streaks, you're doing them, but it's just the floor. But then there's and other days. We're going to eliminate the word just and only. We are just and only. It's not just and only. You're doing, you're standing on you're the standing floor. You're standing on the floor, man. You got the floor rocking. So it's simply the floor. That better? I like it. It's the floor. It's the floor. It's not much, but it's the floor. But it happened, which on days when work or things in quadrant one, like one of the examples you gave was a sick child, takes over you are still able to do those things that are in that quadrant too that are important but not urgent. But then there's other times, and I think this has happened as we've looked at COVID and as, as people have gone home, is there are some times that you got the activity of work done faster. Yeah. You're like, well, I got it done. When you were physically at work, you're like, well, I'm here. So you find ways to drag it out or conceal that you're not working right now because you finished it faster. <laughs> exactly. Whereas now... We've recognized, the whole world's been able to recognize that it's like some activities take longer and some don't. Some I can finish faster. So then I've got more time to do some of these other things that are equally as important, but not urgent. Right. And so that Q2 can swell because the Q1 isn't super big today. And you can feel okay about that. Yeah. That That's what th- I feel like is different with the time matrix versus the activity matrix is that sometimes with the time matrix, you're like, well, I got to fill the time. Right. I'm done with the activity, but I've got to fill the time. And this is saying not all activities are created equal when it comes to time. And some you may be able to finish faster. And so now you don't have to fill that time. You can use it for the things that are the Q2. And and because you have streaks, I also think the thing that happens is that when you have streaks, you start to notice those times that you've got. And you're like, oh, hey, I can do my streak here. Yeah. I've, got some, I've got some time. So I'm going to do that now. Wow. So it gives you that place, that thing to do instead of thinking, oh, I've just got to fill this time. Right. You actually I think that's are really profound. I mean, you that 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 brought a whole nother light into it for me as well. As far as <clears throat> I don't, I'm not filling time. Right. I'm completing activities. I'm completing activities, and sometimes those activities are going to take more time. And sometimes like for example, not, here's here's kind but, of a cool one. As you look at it, how many times now in the car 
have the boys said something like, "Let's well, let's do our reading. Let's do yeah. our scripture reading or let's do our reading. Whereas before that, would we have ever even thought of that? Of using that time in right. the car to do that thing. Right. No. Not at all. Not at all. And now, and, and what's amazing is oftentimes it's their idea. Because I remember Chance the other day, we were riding along in the car and he says, well, should we do We've our streak? We've got some time. We've got should some we time do here. our streak? Should we, should, should we do our streak? Yep. <laughs> and the thing that's too. amazing about that, going back to that task initiation, is that sometimes the challenge with task initiation is you're like, well, you can't think of what you should be doing. But when you've got these streaks that you're doing every day, you've eliminated having to think about that. You're like, oh, I've got this and this and this and this and this, and I know exactly how much of it I want to do. It reminds me of Steve Jobs who said he didn't like different outfits because then he'd have to take brown brain power to think about about what he wanted to wear. So it was always the black turtleneck with, uh, you know, the jeans or the shorts or whatever it was. So that's a really good point with streaking. You've taken the time to think about what it is you want to do in that activity and you can just check it off and go and do them. Yeah. Any, I mean, you don't have to waste a whole bunch of energy and time thinking about what should I be doing in this amount of time. Exactly. Exactly. What were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted Just you. I've I've completed a streak on the ski lift before where I was just like, well, I've got time. <laughs> I'm going to go through this thing real quick. That's awesome. And just, But I wouldn't have thought that way before if I didn't, every day you know, oh, these are the things that I want to look at today. So you start to find places to do them. I think that that is where I look at the title, the activity matrix is so critical is because I'm no longer looking at it and, and blocking, okay, this amount of time I'm going to do this. This amount of time I'm going to do this. No, it's I've got these activities. Go ahead. Just what I feel like it is, is instead of you working for time, you get time to start working for you. you, you you're taking control of that thing. And so, so instead of time dictating what you have to do, you really are saying, I'm going to dictate where I'm spending my time because I'm focused on the activity. I think that is the mic drop moment. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone, for listening in today. This has been a lot of fun talking about task initiation and the activity matrix. Think about that as you set up your streaks and as you start doing your streaks. And by the way, share streaking with your friends and family. There are a lot of individuals who have started streaks together because someone else has started a streak and they've explained it to them. So take the opportunity to share with them your streak, share what it is, have them download the app and use it for that task initiation that you need and also the activity matrix. And look at the activities that you're doing and you know, when you're on the when you're on your next ski lift, you can do one of those activities because Or in the car. Streak. There you <laughs> go. In the car. There we go. Well, thanks everyone. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like to talk with Jamie or I, just shoot us a little email. Uh, we love to have guests on our podcast. Sometimes we like to just chat with each other, but a lot of times we like to have guests on. Coming up, we're going to have Megan Sumrel uh, coming uh, in April, and we're also going to have Jim Hewling. We also have, coming up on uh, one of our shows, we're going to have uh, the president of the United States Running Streak Association. So that's also uh, that's also coming up. We're really excited about that one. Uh, we feature them in the book. Anyway, feel free to reach out to us, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. Until we talk again. Keep streaking. It's the little things that make a better